All right, guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Rigos Rag Podcast. Ian Cohen's here with my co-expert, Jacob Kamaker. Uh, we are back with the Rigos Rag Podcast. Uh, last time, I think it was a little over a week ago, we touched on the fourth round picks for the Redskins and kind of analyzed their outlooks for the 2020 season and beyond. So if you want to go back, listen up on Sadiq Charles and uh, Anto- or, yeah, Antonio Gandy-Golden. You can listen to those, and Jacob's also got some in-depth film evaluation articles out on them. So you can look at that today. We are looking at the fifth round picks, Keith Ismail and Khalid Hudson. Before we get into that, Jacob, how you doing? I'm, uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm hanging tough there, here. I'm probably going to drink like 128 ounces of Gatorade today. So I'm going to be super hydrated for this podcast. That is encouraging. I was, you know, the, the next thing I was going to ask you is, are you going to be hydrated enough? So I'm, I'm very excited to hear that. Before we get any further, though, uh, we got a word from our sponsors. So here you go. And we're back with the Rigos Rag podcast. Like I said earlier, Ian Cummings and Jacob Kamaker. Jacob is very hydrated, so uh, he's going to be able to analyze in depth. Uh, how, how are things, though? Uh, otherwise, it's been a little bit since we caught up. So are, are, you, are you hanging in there uh, as this quarantine starts to kind of drone on a little bit longer? Yeah, I'm, I'm hanging tough. Uh, we're we're kind of in the dead season of the NFL, or at least the quiet season. Like, you know, June, we usually have at least one three-day mini camp that's kind of an oasis in that, like, two-month stretch of not that much going on. But uh, obviously don't have that this time around. But uh, thankfully, Ron Rivera's giving us some, uh, some tips at these press conferences. And, uh, you know, we always have plenty of time to break down guys on tape. So, uh, you know... Always, uh, we should have a, a pretty good knowledge of uh, all the guys that the Redskins have added this year because I know you and I have been uh, grinding tape like crazy this offseason. Mm, yeah, don't say that. You're making me jealous, though, because I'll admit I've been slacking off on the fifth rounders a little bit. I have a good idea of like James Smith Williams and all the fourth rounders and third rounders, but for the fifth rounders, for some reason, I just haven't gotten to it yet. So I'm going to be relying on you a little bit for this one. But um, you kind of get the idea. Uh, first off, I got to vent, though, because uh, my. my quarantine is not going well today fun fact about me i'm a big like storm geek like i love severe weather and i'm in michigan right now and we're like supposed to be getting this huge storm system but it's like passing to like 15 miles or like not even 15 like 10 miles to the northwest of my town like every single thing and i'm sitting here like man i want some wind i want some rain it's like nothing is hitting so i just need to vent because like when you're just sitting at home, there's nothing to do. You need some entertainment. You need some natural entertainment. And I don't know, man. It's just, it's not there. But I love a, I love a good storm too, man. I, I feel the same way. When you're expecting one to hit, man, you just, you just want it to happen. I know. It's like, it's crazy, man. Like, it's just, it's, it provides a little change of pace, you know, for your, for your boring, you know, partly cloudy days. Like, come on. I want some wind. I want to see some wall clouds out there. Maybe not some wall clouds because that, implies you know rotation and other stuff which isn't very good but you know i want to see some action not getting that action so hopefully we'll see we'll see what happens here but um uh it's not looking good right now our town is kind of like the bermuda triangle of michigan when it comes to weather so i don't even know but enough of that you guys don't want to hear about my troubles you want to hear about the redskins fifth round picks and uh, today we're talking about the first one keith ismail uh san diego state center they picked him in the with the first pick in their fifth round slate. Uh, it was an interesting pick. I didn't quite expect it. You know, they'd already selected Ross Pierschbacher last year in the fifth round as a center. And I assumed he was kind of going to be the long-term backup for the team. Um, but uh, they, they added Ismail to kind of bolster that position. 
Now, Jacob, I want to ask you about this because I feel like you kind of have a unique perspective because Jacob was scouting Ismail and uh, before he wrote up his article and he texted me and he was like, man, I just don't see it with this guy. Like, I just don't see what the hype is all about. And then it was like two days later, he'd finished scouting and he was a little more optimistic after that. So kind of like a, like coming back to it a little bit. So what did you see first off that kind of made you not very optimistic about Ismail? And then what did you see after that that kind of made you change your opinion and go like, well, maybe he's got something to him to, that can make him potentially a, um, you know, a contributor down the road? Yeah, so I think I think the big thing with Ismael is when I when I watched tape the first time, and I watched him a bunch of different times, and I even watched the same piece of tape a couple of different times just to be like, hey, am I missing something? Like, because you know, if, if other people are seeing something you're not seeing, you got to go back and at least look for it. Uh, but but the main thing that I have the issue with with Ismael is I think he needs to. He really has a lot to improve. Um, he's got to bulk up a little bit. He's kind of got a stubby frame. He's like six three, three hundred nine pounds, which isn't too bad. But just his functional strength isn't that great. Um, I, I think he doesn't want to put on a ton of weight because he doesn't want to um, hurt his quickness and athleticism. But if he adds like five pounds of muscle, it could really help him a lot because I didn't think he was particularly strong at the, the point of attack. Um, I, I thought he wasn't great at sustaining blocks. Um, he could get to the places that he needed to get. Um, his athleticism and movement skills are pretty solid. And I think that's what when people watch him, they see that and say, yeah, this guy can eventually be a starter at the next level. But I personally, I like centers who are strong and can stay engaged longer and generate push at the point of attack. Otherwise, he's going to get moved in the wrong direction and pushed around a little bit too much for my liking. So I, uh, I, I think that's his big concern, um, his inability to sustain blocks, especially in pass protection. Um, he saw defenders slip by him a little bit too much in those situations. Um, and, you know, when he has he has quickness, so he should be able to get to the, the point he needs to to block these guys. But he just couldn't stay engaged long enough so that uh, caused some pressure. So that, those were the big issues I saw with Ismael. Um, but, like, if, if, you look, if you look at him just from an athleticism standpoint, he does well coming downhill. He has a very quick first step. That's, a, that's his really his calling card for success and you know he's not a mauler but he moves into lanes well and creates contact at the line of scrimmage and opens up holes in the running game now if he bulks up and can sustain blocks better he'll get even better at that um but i i just i think that where ismail is right now i wouldn't trust him as a starter yet but if he gets a developmental year and works as a backup um i think he'll have a chance to develop at the next level it's just it's just a matter of tapping into that athleticism, but also increasing his overall strength. Uh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, with every NFL player, there's kind of, What are you doing, Eric? Okay, just put him back. My brother just walked in. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's, I'm, I'm laughing at it. <laughs> okay. Okay, starting over. Yeah, when you, um, when you look at any player really i mean at any position it seems like there's always a balance to be had uh where you know if if they're pretty mobile for that position but not strong enough there's always running the risk of if you add that power and strength and add that weight there's a chance that you might lose a little bit of athleticism because you know you're moving more mass and then on the flip side you know if you need to trim down some weight to tap into more of that athletic talent then you might not be able to be as powerful on the field so it's always a balance uh but it, it is good to hear that ismail does at least have the athletic foundation that he can work with 
And, you know, something that I've kind of been thinking about, uh, you look at the center position. The Redskins used a sixth rounder on Chase Roulier, and he wasn't really spectacular at, you know, when people, when they drafted him, no one was kind of really looking at that and saying, oh, yeah, he's going to be like our starter for three years. And then you look at what happened, what's happened, he's kind of taken that role, but he really didn't have any super dominant traits. Do you look at a guy like Ismail and think maybe that's what they're trying to do? Uh, is trying to kind of pass the torch on to another guy who at first doesn't seem so spectacular, but could fill in the role, you know? Yeah, and it's funny. You mentioned Rulier, and I actually think Ismail in many ways is the inverse Chase Rulier. Because uh, when Rulier came into the league, he was viewed as like a really solid overall technician, um, but someone who just may not be an NFL caliber athlete, if I remember correctly. Um, and I think he's developed very nicely as a center. I think he's a rock-solid player. Like, I'm not going to say he's one of the better centers in the league or anything like that, but he's improved in each of his three seasons in the league, and he should continue to get better in his fourth year. Um, he's been a starter for two and a half years, and um, I, I always like it when players continue to grow and continue to make strides. So I happen to be a fan of Roulier, which is why I wasn't, like, huge on the Ismail pick. As, but I understand why they did it. And like you said – Players that are elite athletes or have some sort of elite trait or really good trait to work with can often develop quickly at the next level. And Ismail's ceiling is probably higher than that of Roulier's because Roulier doesn't have that athletic ability. Um, and while Ismail may be raw, he may just need time to develop. And he could very much find himself in a similar situation to Roulier. He could back up Roulier for his first season in the league. But then when Roulier hits free agency – in 2021, so after this season, um, Ismael could be ready to step in and take over. That's what really I did when he took over for Spencer Long. Um, Long was injured, I believe, as a uh, Rulier's rookie year, and he stepped yeah. in and then took the starting job. So um, I, I very much think that could happen here. Um, and I, I think Ismael may be a better scheme fit for what Ron Vera and um, Scott Turner want to do, and that may be why they took him and may not want to invest in Roulier long-term. Um, I have some, I'm a little skeptical of that just because Roulier has been one of their more consistent and consistently available linemen. But, you know, who am I to doubt Ron Rivera and Scott Turner? The, I mean, Rivera's had some success in Carolina and, you know, he's been pretty good at finding late round offensive linemen. So uh, I, I think trusting him is uh, not a bad move. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um, I mean, you look at, their process and how they went about each draft pick. You know they were thorough. Uh, they were really thorough with Sadiq Charles. We talked about that. They really made sure that that was the right choice, not just talent-wise, but also character-wise. And it seems like they had a checklist that they wanted for each guy. And, you know, you look at each prospect, kind of juxtapose them, and there's definitely a character thing that kind of repeats itself where they all kind of have this upstanding work ethic. And I know I've seen stuff about Ismail where, he looks like he's going to come in and work and, and try to glean as much upside as he can. And I'm looking at, you know, because when you talk about, Jacob said this before the podcast, and it, it's really true kind of in, in an absolute sense. You know, you can't really talk about Keith Ismail without talking about Chase Royer because Royer is in a contract year. And um, I'm looking at the center contracts right now. And I don't quite know what average to expect for Royer. You know, he's been a consistent starter for two years now. I'm kind of looking at, you know, Connor McGovern got $9 million this year. You know, Corey Lindsley with the Packers is 85, you know, uh, 8500000 
Um, Spencer Long with the Bills got 42. Uh, but uh, I, I would say Rouillet goes up in that. I think he'd get north of $7 million, you know, I think, with the going rate right now. And it's like, if you got Rouillet at $7, $7 million, or you have Ismail off the bench in his second year who's getting paid on a rookie contract, you know, it's really not a hard decision to make. You go with the more prudent choice, the guy who has more long-term upside, the guy who's younger, the guy who's cheaper, uh, and, and that's Keith Ismail. So, but like you said, uh, he, he has a high ceiling, relatively high in regards to Chase Royer, but he has to see that through, and, and that's not really a guarantee at this point. Yeah, and you bring up the center contracts, and I would agree with you. I think the seven million uh, target is probably about where Rulier wants to fall in because he, he'll be twenty-seven in a contract year, so he's hypothetically in his prime. And I don't think he's quite in Connor McGovern territory where he's commanding nine million a year or anything like that. But I think uh, seven to eight million a year, whatever percentage guarantees they do, um, I think that on a three-year deal, so like three-year maybe 21 to 24 million dollar contract i think that could be right for Rulier. yeah um and you know I, I don't know if the if the redskins would be willing to pay that especially if they're going to be paying brandon sheriff and you know they may have to rehaul their entire offensive line it's kind of funny though when you think about it the redskins may have to look for like five new starters on the offensive line depending on how this year goes <laughs> because Rulier and sheriff are going to be free agents then you have questions at left tackle and left guard, and then Morgan Moses is at right tackle, and if he has a bad year with penalties again, I'm sure he'll be cut. So yeah. um, I think if they do have a lot of trouble on the offensive line and find themselves needing more um, you know, to make those upgrades, I think Ismael is a natural fit just to come in off the bench. Hey, he's athletic. Hey, he may not be strong, but you know, let's see what he can do as a starter. Maybe if he can, uh, if he can like, be a pulling guard or center for the team that could work out i didn't think he was particularly consistent blocking in space but he has the athletic ability needed to get out there so um i think i think the keyword with ismael is upside and the other keyword is development i personally don't want to see him on the field as a rookie um i think he could learn a lot from being a backup and really progress um with uh with I believe John Matsko is our offensive line coach now. Yeah, I am yeah. not entirely sure, but um, yes, it is. Um, so I think that would uh, be really good for him and set him up for future success. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned. I, I never thought about that, but you're absolutely right. If things go completely wrong, it's kind of fun to think. It's well, it's not fun to think about. You know, you'd have to. It's not fun to think about because it's bad, but if things in a worst case scenario, they would be bringing in five new starters. I mean, Cassidy Charles, you know, he's still unproven. Morgan Moses, like you said, kind of on a short leash. And then Sheriff and Rulier contract stuff. And then who the heck is their left guard? We still don't know after like eight years. So that's fun. But uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's, it's, uh, it's uncertain, but I think it was smart. For them, looking back on it, you know, when when the pick was made, I was like, all right, I was kind of hoping for something a little more exciting. You're always hoping for something more exciting, but you know, it's male. Looking back on it, it's a decent pick. Um, and and one thing that gives me solace is you mentioned upside and development. Those are two cornerstones that I am very fond of when it comes to evaluating prospects. Like it's like those are two things that you want to look for. You want them to develop over time. You don't want them to kind of be maxed out when you draft them. And uh, looking at Ismail. 
you know, he has the athletic foundation, doesn't necessarily have the strength to maximize those portions of his game yet, but I do think it's easier to add strength to your game when you already have the athleticism than it is to try and glean more athleticism out, you know? The athletic foundation is a little less malleable, I guess. You know, it's kind of set in stone. Like, you can you can kind of maximize it. You can kind of test the threshold of that. But it's just simple, you know, genetics. Like, some, some people have greater potential in that area. And Ismail is one of those guys who has pretty good athleticism. And I think you can add some strength and maybe he'll keep it. So th- th- I guess that's the hope. But some, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I don't think we should see him starting right away. And I think based on Rulier's track record, I think he won't be, you know, I don't think Ismail will have to be forced in there because Rulier has been pretty dependable, pretty sturdy uh, for the past two seasons. And I think he's in a position where he can just kind of keep it going in a contract year. And then I guess it depends, you know, if he plays really well, you know, and maybe makes his first Pro Bowl, I, I think that would be the best case scenario for Rouillet. But then that would present a interesting quandary for the Redskins is, you know, do we re-sign him? We have a lot of cap space. Or do we go with this fifth rounder from last year? You know, you could say in a vacuum, well, I'm not sure that's uncertain. But looking at Rouillet, he got his chance really early as a sixth rounder and he flourished. So guys can do it it's just a matter of looking at each specific situation I guess deciding how to go yeah and what I would say is if Rulia has like a really good year really makes that leap goes from a solid starter to an above average to a you know borderline top 10 center in the league which you know center position is not easy to play and if you can have someone who develops chemistry with a quarterback and other offensive linemen at that position it's immensely valuable. I think if Rulier does really well, they should re-sign him, keep Ismael in the fold as a backup, and have him challenge for one of the guard spots. Because if Sheriff leaves, there'll be an opening there. If left guard continues to be an issue, he could possibly play there. Um, I think having some positional versatility is always important, and I think Ismael and Rulier both can play the guard and center positions. And uh, one, one more thing I want to say about this pick, just to, it's a little bit straying from what we're talking about now. I think John Kimes said this when Keith Ismael was picked. Um, he, he was like, you know, Washington Redskins fans are always talking about building up depth on the offensive line. And then they go out and draft a center, and then everyone was like, why did they do that? And this, this includes us. I think both of us were surprised by the pick. Yeah. But it's, it's never a bad strategy to build up depth on the offensive line because – uh, personally, I know you liked Tony Bergstrom a little more than I do. Oh no, um, I'm just don't remind me of yeah. that. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, it happens. But like, I'm just glad we won't have to see Tony Bergstrom on the field um, again this year. No offense, Tony. I mean, you were you're fine backup lineman if you happen to be yeah, listening. Tony, to this if part. you're listening, no disrespect, man. Yeah, but I, I'd rather just see some of the younger guys get a chance. And Ismail's only 21; he'll turn 22 in July. So. He's still very, very young and has a lot of uh, improving to do. So if he beats out Ross Baker for the uh, backup center job, uh, that would be great. But if not, I think the, the team has a few young guys on the interior line that have some upside with Wes Barton, Ismail, Pierce Baker, and then, you know, Rulia is still 26, so he's a, a solid young starter. So uh, I think building up depth there is good, and that way they can kind of focus on finding the answers at tackle in the upcoming offseason. Yeah, for sure. And I think I, I can't remember 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Ismail also has starting experience at both guard and center, so he does have that versatility too, which will be valuable, even if he doesn't wind up being a starter as a depth piece. So, yeah, I feel like the biggest thing for me is why I, I kind of took issue with that is because we already had Pierce Bacher. We drafted him last year and maybe see that investment through before we add to it, but having versatile interior depth is never a bad thing, and, and I think as a baseline, I think we can both agree that that's what Ismail provides. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it will be interesting to see uh, what he can do at the next level. I'll be watching him pretty closely because uh, as much as I uh, wasn't a fan of the pick at the time, the more research I do on him, the the more I like him, especially from a character standpoint. He seems like a high character guy overall. Yeah, yep. And those guys can always, and if he has the athletic foundation, you got to think he's going to work to, you know, get the most out of that. So, I mean, in an ideal situation, you'd hope that's what happens. You can never know because it's the NFL and it's unpredictable. But, uh, hey, who knows? You know, I think there's some upside to be excited about here, as you said. And uh, I guess we'll just have to see what happens. And it's definitely going to be a key storyline, not only in the 2020 season, but heading into 2021. Because, as we said, the implications with Chase Royer, you know, um, it, I feel like the pick of Ismail was a transition plan for the Redskins. And they're they're really thinking about what they're going to do at that position. And um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, Roulier has the chemistry. Uh, he has the chemistry check mark. He has the experience check mark. But it's just that contract number and the feasibility of that. And if you can get a better value deal, then you take it. And Ismail might be that in time. We don't know, but we'll have to see. So a lot of different possibilities. Um, we'll just have to let it play out. I'm done. I, I'm just kind of rambling at this point. But do you have anything else you want to add? Yeah, I'm just going to mention Bryce Hall was picked two picks after Keith Ismail, and I know uh, we have a lot of Virginia fans who read the site, and uh, Bryce Hall probably would have been a much earlier pick than a fifth-round pick if not for an injury concern and then not being able to get examined because of the pandemic. So uh, at first I kind of understood taking issue with the fact that Ismail was picked over uh, Bryce Hall there, Um, but I'm going to be interested to see how Ismail's career pans out compared to Bryce Hall. I know, like, you can do that with any pick in any position. Like, oh, this guy was picked here. You could have had this guy. Uh, but I, because I think Hall has such a high ceiling and such a low floor. And I think Ismail kind of has a higher floor, but probably a lower ceiling. So uh, we'll see if the Redskins, uh, by making the safe choice, uh, made the right one. But I, I, I think that uh, building depth on the offensive line, it's never a bad thing. And I think their interior line, at the very least, has a upside in youth moving forward. And that's a, a cornerstone of a, a good developmental program. Yeah, exactly. You cannot like the player or whatever, but, uh, you know, we can't really make any conclusive judgments until until um, their career plays out, or at least their rookie year, and then we can just take the next step from there. So definitely upside, definitely areas where you can improve, but um, you can kind of see the reasoning looking back on it. So, yeah, good talk, good talk. Uh, I think we are out of time, out of stuff to talk about, too, so... Uh, if you guys have any comments about this stuff, any thoughts, just uh, feel free to leave them in the discussion board below and uh, stay tuned for our next podcast, which will be on the Redskins' second fifth-round pick, Kalik Hudson out of Michigan. So until that time, uh, peace out. Have a good night.